Welcome to episode 52 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. The countdown continues. My book will be available in just a few weeks on July 30th. Want to get a free copy of Croissants versus Bagels? Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking at Conferences? Join my launch team for the book and you'll get an advanced copy to review and will be notified when it'll be available for free on Kindle. I am very excited to share this with my listeners. Visit RobbieSamuels.com slash launch team to sign up. On the Schmooze is proud to be a headliner on C-Suite Radio, which is part of the C-Suite Network, a network of a half million C-level executives. If you enjoy business podcasts, you should also check out C-Suite TV at c-suitetv.com. Now, on to this week's show. Today's guest is a builder. He is best known for building a multi-million dollar business with his childhood friends, Ship Offers, which has been an Inc. 5000 company for the past three years in a row. In 2015, he launched a podcast to build a community where struggling entrepreneurs know they can achieve anything they want despite their past. The journey to self-fulfillment wasn't easy. He almost lost it all in 2008 after years of struggling with drug and alcohol addiction. Facing the near destruction of his marriage and the sad realization that he was negatively affecting his children's lives, he made the decision that year to get sober, and he has stayed sober ever since. As he got clean, he also became clear about his vision to help others find their passion and achieve more. With this in mind, he launched his podcast, The Tony G Show, that brings together his love for business, radio, and life. Please join me in welcoming Tony Grebmeyer. Hey, Robbie. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, Tony, thanks so much for joining me from your office near Denver, Colorado. So I want to just jump right in. I know my audience is going to be curious to hear about your day-to-day, but since this is a podcast about leadership and building great networks, tell me, what does leadership mean to you? And when did you realize you had the skills to lead? No, I love it. I mean, you read my intro, which is really captivating for a lot of people. If you're listening it, you know, somewhere in the year 2008, you know, nothing was going right in my life. No friends, family, everything was disconnected. And that wasn't really who I was as a human being. But during that time, I got caught up in some drugs and alcohol. And that led me to being at the turning point of my life and in my career, because I ultimately wanted to end my life. And I remember the knock so vividly on my door. It was from my buddy, John, and he walked in and he gave me a big hug. And he said, Tony, you know, your life has meaning and purpose, but what you're doing right now does it. That really awoken me to like, what was he saying? He said, you know, meaning and purpose. Well, I've always had meaningful relationships, right? And I've always wanted to be purposeful in anything that I do because that means that I'm actually committed, I'm being authentic, I'm being real, and I'm actually putting my heart into it. But he awoken me in that moment, and I say it twice, because he showed me that my life could be anything I wanted if I would actually just take personal responsibility. Because people in leadership roles, they're quick to blame because that's what you could do, and that's an inauthentic leader, and I don't want to be around them. An authentic leader is to say, hey, look at me. I've made all these faults, and I'm here to tell you that you can get out of anything that you've done if you have the willingness, the capacity to be honest, and to admit your faults. And that's exactly what I did in 2008 is I took personal responsibility up until that point in my life, 
And then now I have a new way of thinking for the past eight and a half years, which is completely dynamically different than the first 36 years of my life. So was there some evidence early on that you would be in this place either was there some evidence that you were going to struggle or evidence that you were going to succeed? Was there something early on that showed you that? Sure. I mean, I had a whole bunch of jobs by the time I was 18 and I knew I'd only been fired from one that the rest of them, I was trying to figure out who I was. And I tell people this, my dad was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. I had a whole bunch of tendencies in my life to realize that I had an addictive personality and I had the addiction to chase things. And that's my desire to win in life too, is man, you got to go all in. This is, you know, standing on the edge of the cliff, you've already climbed the mountain. Why don't you go jump? And that's what I decided to do when I decided to get sober was I jumped into that whole new possibility. Here's the crazy thing. I have an all in or all out mentality. So take like a light switch. There's barely any dimmers in my house. They're either all on or they're all off. And a lot of people that I've met along this journey, they have a dimmer switch and they're okay to be in between the edge and, and not. And I'm not, I'm either, Hey, you got me a hundred percent or I'm not in here at all. So even way back when, when you were in, in high school, college, was that the same gusto for life if you were all in? Did you have anyone who was sort of kind of seeing you and helping you elevate yourself in some way? I had a whole bunch of coaches because I played water polo at a pretty high level. I was an All-American uh, multiple times, traveled the world. And I had one coach who just, Mark Garrett, he used to just smack me in the back of the head with a newspaper every once in a while. <laughs> this isn't a joke when he listens. And that was to tell me, hey, look, you are better than you're being. You are better than you're being right now. And look, these, these opportunities, these schools that are looking at you to go play a college sport, not everybody gets that opportunity. So seize it. And in that moment, do everything you possibly can to achieve that dream. And I wanted to be, you know, an Olympian for water polo. And I had a lot of vision and dreams, but along the journey, I got knee injuries. Those knee injuries led me down to the pills and stuff. And so once I was able to get my act clean, my whole life changed, but I've had teachers and coaches and people helping me to push me to think differently. You know, because when you look at the day to day of a lot of people, at least in my neighborhood, in my life, I grew up in the 70s. And the, the typical scenario was husband comes home, wife grabs slippers, makes a cocktail, husband sits in chair, wife makes dinner and everybody eats. And that was like the cute all American family. That was the picture that I grew up. You know, I'm in my 40s and my mom was single. My dad was an entrepreneur and a business owner and he was out hustling and making money. And but they were they were divorced. Right. And so I had this really messed up vision. So if I go back to your question, one one step. Uh, removed. My mom was my first coach, my first mentor, the person who pushed me. She was actually the person who 12-stepped me, who got me to see where I was being inauthentic and how I could bring change to my relationships with my family and myself and really dynamically change everything about me. And she penned a letter, and I can't wait to read it at 10 years again. She says, your life won't look anything like it does today. And in 10 years, I will promise you, you've created something way different. And I'm in year you know, eight, heading to nine in December. And sobriety has been the best thing for me because it gave me responsibility in a simple way. Just don't use, don't drink today and everything's going to be all right. And so to answer your question, yeah, my mom was pushing me hard. She still does. I mean, I talk to her pretty much every single day, no matter if she's in the UK or here in the States. And it's because it's a constant reminder in the back of my head to do better, to be better today than I was yesterday. It also sounds like you needed a lot of people to tell you that in order to really hear it. I mean, stubborn, <laughs> but I, I think that's true for a lot of people, you know, especially when you're when you feel really driven yourself and you're caught up on something and, you know, in some ways resist what people are saying. It sounds like 
now you can really appreciate what your mom was saying, what your friend was saying when he came in to talk to you. But, you know, you probably went through a little resistance there and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember cause, uh, it took me uh, 40 some odd days before I got down on my knees and, uh, you know, said a little prayer and went to, uh, my, my wife, we were, we were separated at the time. And I said, Hey, you know, I really want to do things differently. And she, she said, Hey, that's awesome. I got to go. I have a play to go be uh, performing in. Can you watch the kids? And I'm like, of course, they were my kids. And, and from 12.4 to 12.15, I just did a lot of soul searching. And then on 12.14, that phone rang and that was my mom. The next morning of 12.15, I remember dates because dates are the things that have definitely changed my life. So if I bring up dates, it's only because they're markers. So I remind myself of how far I've come and what I'm up to. So on 12.15, I walked in after calling a friend who took me, who I was scared, didn't know what to expect. And I said, hey, I have a problem. This is it. And I knew I was home. And then I knew I was around people who could help me. And you know that's what life is for me today. And that's why it ties perfectly in with your leadership question. I'm, I'm somebody who has just a capacity today, to be honest, like nobody's business, to help somebody see their blind spots, to illuminate the path that maybe they could walk, but to know that I'm walking with them, not above them, below them. I'm side by side stepping with you and I'll help you achieve your dreams. I'll help you on your goals. I'll work with you every single day. But no, I may smack you in the backside of the head with a newspaper to help wake up that possibility that's inside you, which is greatness. And I'm just here to help illuminate that. I actually wonder, since Tony, you you were at the time already hugely successful by sort of outside metrics, not internally, perhaps you didn't feel it. But having run this multi-million dollar business, you were doing this with childhood friends, which I think is a dream for a lot of people. Was it harder to admit that you were struggling because of how high up the career ladder you had gotten? A little bit, but I also knew that my two business partners were really frustrated with me, uh, Doug and Gil. And Gil used to be, you know, he's my best friend and uh, he used to come into my office like, hey, we need to talk. And that goes back to like the coach, right? It goes back to your mom. It was a, literally a clear pattern to see that over time, it's always been the same thing. And when he said it, you know, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll get my stuff together. And, and I would for like a couple of weeks and then it would be like, let's have another conversation. However, when I got clean and when I literally got sober, um, it was the easiest people to go to because I had been in business with them and they were excited to know that the guy that they went into business with was actually coming around to do business and to be on point, show up daily. And what they didn't realize is they unleashed the beast. I, I went from like the David Banner to the Incredible Hulk and then no more Incredible Hulk, but they knew that that guy was inside and they got back the person that they wanted, the, the intelligence thinker, the smart guy, the guy who could figure out anything. And that's what I've been for the last eight years is helping to build teams. So what has been sort of most rewarding about the work you're doing today? Man, watching people's lives change. Personally, uh, not outside, inside, like watching people who come. And I'm, I'm involved in a lot of the hiring of uh, you know, sales and account managers. And I tell everybody, like, what's on your resume is a story you've told yourself, right? And it's cool that you've done all the stuff you've done. I'm not taking any of it away from you. However, like, what can you do to help our company? And how can I help get you to the next level in your life? Like I tell everybody, we're a stepping stone for where you want to go. So if you bring me the best stuff, 30, 60, nine months, whatever it is, like how many days you can give me and you bring everything you have, I'll do everything in my power to help you get to the next level. I think that's so rare because a lot of times people aren't able to see that part of your job when you're hiring somebody is to help them sort of along their own career path that oh, yeah. people really I mean, almost sort of suck them dry. Like, yes, 
you've, you're on our team now and we're going to burn you out. <laughs> but it well, seems Cashman, like you're way past that. Jim Cashman um, said to Girardi, who used to be the manager of the Yankees, saying a couple of years back before Madden got the Cubs, saying, hey, if you really want your dream job to go manage the Cubs, I'll figure it out for you. Like, that's what I want for people in life. Like, whatever it is that you want, let, let us help you catapult your career and your life. Because somebody did that for me. So all I'm doing is just paying it back in a new way, what, which is my way of paying it forward. And, you know, when I sit down with a new employer or a current team member or whoever that may be, and we're sitting there, we're strategizing. I actually really care about what your dreams are. And so your dreams kind of go up in my version of your dream board in my office. Because like at the end of the day, I'm like, that's what that person's wanting out of life. Am I helping them get that? And if not, like, how can I position it? How can I mess things up a little bit? So maybe we get them on a different seat on the bus and get them more into where they want to go. Um, because everything for me is seeing wins on others. That makes me smile. That makes me bring so much joy and happiness. And that creates a thriving culture that we've been able to create over 16 years. So do you see a real tangible difference in how people approach working with you because they know you have their best interests in mind? I think if I hire them and brought them onto the team, 100% yes, because there are other departments that I'm not a part of, meaning in the sense that I didn't bring th through the uh, the hiring channel. But yeah, I mean, anybody who works with me will tell you that, you know, Tony's Tony's like uh, attitude and his kind of like just his craziness, it's contagious. And so I help people to be inspired. I mean, that's literally what my job is. I'm the creator of opportunities and inspiration behind the scenes. But that's all I do. I love it because a lot of times people want to tell you what they do and it's not the inspirational message you just said, but you just described your work without any details. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're doing that, as long as you're helping other people along their path, you're inspiring them to do their very best. That's a great place to be. Are you holding on to other people's dreams though? Does it feel like any kind of a burden attached to that? Or, or, or what do you think is the reason people then resist? You're shaking your head no. But why do you think other people aren't like this? Why well, is Robbie, so I mean, all I can speak on is about <laughs> myself, right? Yeah. And, and when I get a chance to be grateful and get present to the fact that someone literally saved my life, they awoken the opportunity in my mind that I could have and do anything if I was willing to do anything and change everything for this one life that I had been given. And like uh, my son's uh, just about to graduate high school. He, he got uh, accepted into Cal Poly, into the business school in San Luis Obispo. Uh, I have another son who's turning 16, coming up on 19 years of marriage with my wife. We're in, you know, 16 of our business. We're anticipating, you know, breaking into the top 500, and that'd be five, four years in a row on the ink, you know, 5,000. So all of these things, when I sit and think about all of those accomplishments and talking to my mom and seeing my best friends and all that stuff every single day, I still get lit up when I walk out into the yard and see everybody working hard and having fun and laughing and work planks or whatever it is they're doing. We shoot some pool and just have a good time because at the end of the day, nothing else really, really matters. And when I'm present with these people, when I'm present with people who are giving of themselves to, yeah, they're collecting a paycheck, but they're presently here helping to better our company and to help spread our message and our mission. That, that's why we created Chip Offer 16 years ago. So I get lit up by walking into the office. Everybody's like, hey, Tony, how you doing? And anybody leaves this company, everybody says their name and high fives them and you know, basically gives them hugs. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. That's a culture. There's something dynamic about that. And that got created after just being super passionate about helping people to achieve their dreams. What a shift from where you were nine years ago. 
Oh yeah. A big shift. You know, it was a lonely place. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time by myself and I've always had great friends. I've been surrounded by my best friends. Um, I've always been known to be the person. If you need something, just call Tony, he'll figure it out. He'll find the right person. And, uh, today, you know, I wake up and, uh, my wife always, you know, laughs at me cause I put the same thing on every single day. Of course I have different versions of it, <laughs> but it's to symbolize that I'm going to do what I love. And when I don't have to think about what I wear in the morning and I just get to go to work and I get to hang out with great people and we get to do something awesome. We had our biggest week in 16 years uh, last week. So we were celebrating this morning in our huddle and we do a team huddle on Mondays and uh, Fridays. But my wife always says, oh, you're putting your uniform on. And I said, yeah, and it's symbolic because it tells me that I got to go do what I love and I got to go hang out with the people that are inspiring to me. And you get to see them, an employee last week or a team member just bought his first house. And, you know, he's been with us four years and it just is exciting to see like that happening for them and they're happy and their joy and all that. That's why I do what I do, because money's great. But if you don't have anybody to spend it on, it's worthless, right? It's like if you don't ever take time to go on a vacation, it's just money in the bank. I like seeing other people go make money and go buy and follow and chase their dreams. So this is a really broad question considering your background, but what's challenging? What has been a challenge in the workplace for you? What's well, and how did you overcome it? Like, I, I realize the the drugs and alcohol addiction is a big piece of it, but is there is there some other piece as well, like the, something that you had to do within you yourself that you had to overcome? But you know, it sounds great now. Yeah, I think I had to change my attitude. I think uh -huh. the attitude, right? And so yeah. that's an infectious piece. Right? Your mindset. Like, I went from a disease mindset to an empowered mindset. Um, I spent a little over a hundred thousand dollars last year in personal development and coaches. So every single year I'm working at getting better than I was the previous year. And so biggest challenge was I had a limiting belief. I had a limited mindset. I didn't, I, I showed up and I kind of knew some things, but I wasn't spending the time, money and energy to get better because if I was teaching and I was teaching with old tools that weren't working anymore, right? I don't use Snapchat, but everybody else does, right? I'm playing on Instagram to have some fun. People are like literally doing business on it, right? So it's so interesting being around, I don't want to say millennials. I just say people, human beings. They all come with a different set of tools. They were born into this world. They had, they had what they had. They learned what they learned and they showed up here to help build a company. And the biggest challenges I faced is that I didn't know enough to help them to achieve their dreams. And so I had to go first find mine and what I wanted out of my life. What did my, my dreams, what did they look like? How could I get there? Did my wife see the same dreams that I did? Were we on the same page? Were we working together? Then once we did, then I could bring those dreams to work. And that's how I operate. I live out my dream every single day. If I help everybody get what they want, I get everything I need. It's pretty straightforward. So I spend, as Zig Ziglar says, I help them every single day. So the biggest challenges was uh, a limiting belief in myself and in others. And once I got sober, that was the gateway. That was the technically the bridge to get me from the darkness to the light. And once I saw the light, then I knew the opportunity was real, which was if I learned, got better, spent time in self-development, I went and taught, I could teach duplication. If I could teach duplication, I could scale the business. So personal development, you walk in my office, there's tons of books, motivational quotes, people walk in, they grab tools, they grab a book, they read it, they bring it back. Like you got to inspire your team to work on themselves, send them to a seminar, send them to a workshop, get them to a mastermind. People go, well, they'll get too good and they'll want to leave. So let them be that person if that's the case. But I guarantee you along the way, they're going to help better your company. Right. And I, I don't know how people think keeping people where they're not happy and not fulfilled 
you know, is better. <laughs> They're not going to be giving their all to a company that's not meeting their needs and helping them build their dreams. So it sounds like you found, uh, for me, I call it the philosophy of abundance, right? There's this way in which giving, giving away that knowledge is not depleting you. It's just creating endless opportunities for you, for your business, for your community, for your family. You really, you, you're so bought into that that you can't see the other way that, you know, from 10 years ago, like that old you is just gone. It's a whole yeah. new... Yeah, and actually, it's a total different. It's a total different mindset. Really, total neat, different mindset. A neat thing to think about, Tony, is that that whole seven years thing. You really are a whole new person. I talk to my mom all the time. Like I, I had limiting beliefs, right? Like I had this whole belief system. Like I could never do it. I could never take off work. I could never leave. If I did, if I left, and the business was going to fall apart, and I could never travel. I could never take my kids anywhere. My wife and I and our family, we've traveled to Europe. I think five times over the last two and a half years, right? I've been able to disconnect and I've been more connected in my personal relationships and my business relationships by actually stepping back and seeing all the opportunities that are there and then hiring and helping people to work together to achieve those dreams. And for me and for them, totally a different mindset than I was, you know, seven, eight years ago. So, so amazing. I love hearing stories like this because I think there are people listening right now that are in their moment of struggle that are just starting to become aware of needing to change. And it's inspiring to know that people can. Now, with all your success, you've probably still find things that you struggle with that there's always a fear of failing about something or being wrong. What's something you're not good at? And well, how do you deal with that? Mm, that's good. I mean, I, I think I'm not good with uh, a lot of things, right? I'm not good with a honey to-do list. I tell my wife all the time, like if you want some stuff done, just put one thing down, just one thing. You can have 50 others, but just show me one. So if you show me too much, my brain kind of starts analytically like trying to break everything down and figure out the whole thing. I'm a vision seer. So I see things around corners where people can't even see where to go. So one thing works for me. Don't give me a lot. Uh, I think the other piece that's really, really difficult for me is seeing people not living their genius. Being around people who um, I'm inspired for them, but they're not inspired for themselves. And uh, they constantly are saying the same thing over and over. You know, if I had the chance, you know, only if this would work, you know, I wish somebody would help me. But I'm like, every single day, I'm like, you have to help yourself. And I had to wake up to that. And it took me what it took me to get to that realization. Like, so it frustrates me when I talk to people and they're stuck and they don't want to do anything about it, but they're negative and they just suck all your life and energy every time you talk to them. So those types of people just really uh, irritate me. But I'm also realizing that I have to hang out with them still. I just don't have to give them all my attention and time because I was like that too. And I was like that for a lot of my relationships. So what goes around comes around. And then I think the last thing that I, I know of that I need is I need to build community. And so one of the things that I struggle with is trying to keep up with the communities that I've been able to build. I have a belief system that if you've ever seen Price is Right, they play a game called Plinko. And that's where you get the little like saucer and you go up to the top and you put it down and it bounces around and it falls into an allotment of money. I really saw this back in church and they said, you know, we need to replace the Plinko pegs. We need to replace the Plinko plagues with people that will take a stand for you in your life. Pastors, best friends, wife, mom, whatever it may be. And you need to put that in there and you need to make sure that you take your saucer and when you bounce it, you bounce it off enough people. Because my old behavior, I said, was 36 years old and my new behavior is only eight. My old tendencies still show up because I still have that addictive type of personality. 
So I have to be really, really good to constantly be putting Plinko boards, you know, little things to go and bounce off people to, to realize, you know, I'm a human. I still going to make mistakes. I'd rather have some help and I don't want to do it by myself because that's my old behavior. So I'm still getting good at asking for help. And even though I preach it and teach it and talk about it all the time in my networks and everything that I do, asking for help is still tough because that means that it's not admitting failure. It's just, ah, man, it means that I need something today. Ah, Do I have to ask you for it? You're going to have to help me. And that's where it sometimes is difficult for this guy um, to go and ask, even though people say it's easy. I I know it, but it's still difficult for me. Oh, that is so real though. I mean, especially the clearer you are that it is a need and you really are asking for it, that you're putting yourself out there. But it's really wonderful when someone comes through because that's where that community gets built and you, you, know, you strengthen those ties. I also imagine that the life you're leading right now might be a little hard to distinguish work from home because you have such a huge responsibility, but you also really devote time to your family. Is there something you're doing to kind of integrate or dare I say, balance that in some way? Is there some sort of, I don't know, self-care that you focus on? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. I have to give credit where credit's due. I'm not anybody without my wife. I'm not. I mean, my wife, I put her through hell. Excuse my language. I, she endured life and everything that we had to get through to get to where we're at. The one thing that I know is you need a good partner. I don't mind if you're in a relationship or not. You just need somebody you can do life with. And my, my wife has been able to help balance those two areas for me, the personal life and the work life, and then find the balance in, in the middle. And she's, she's enabled to be like the middle of the teeter-totter. She helps to balance those two areas out. Um, we spend a lot of time talking. We just got back from a trip to Italy. Just her and I, we snuck away for eight days. And that's the, kind of like our rejuvenation uh, place. She helps me to realize that, you know, Tony, you are doing good things today. You are helping to change people's lives but you need to help take care of yourself. And that's something I'm not good at. You know, I'm not good at getting to the gym. I'd rather get to work. It's not that I'm heavy or out of shape. Well, maybe according to a doctor, I'm a little out of shape because I'm not working out like I used to be. Um, But I love what I do. So she's constantly like, hey, maybe you need to go take a walk. Maybe you need to go do some work. Maybe you, you need to eat better. Maybe you need to do this. And so it's having support. And I think it, this, is the, this is the one kind of conversation that is the thread through everything we've discussed today is having support, building community, having people to call you out to help you get to the next level. You need people around you that are going to help bring your greatness out. And my wife helps to bring my greatness out. Is there a particular habit that you've been struggling to adapt into your life in some way? Yeah. I mean, right now it's been, I I just did a podcast episode. It's the one thing, right? So the one thing is if I paid better attention to my health, I think everything would be better. Right. But I also was the guy who played basketball five and six days a week, just two and a half years ago. And because I've had two knee surgeries since, and now I need knee replacements. Like I actually get really, really depressed that I can't do what I used to do. And my wife will go, why don't you just go out and run half speed? Ah, dimmer switch. There is no in between. It's either all in or all out. And so this is my constant struggle. This is my life's work. And I'm I'm finding balance. I do intermittent fasting. I've got two trainers to help me. You know, everything that I need to do, I have around me. It's just, will I do it today? Will I get up and do my Bible work? Will I get up and, 
get into meditation and prayer? Will I get up and go to the gym? Will I make wise choices today working? Will I make wise choices today when I'm eating? Will I make, you know, wise when I'm in the car driving home, not speeding too fast? Will I get there and be present with my family? Am I disconnected from everything? No, I'm connected. All right. So being present is probably the thing that I'm best at is when you want to be around me, just say, Hey, Tony, just put everything away. Okay. It's done. And I'm hundred percent yours. 100%. I went on my last vacation, 10 minutes and work. That was it. Eight days. And that means I got a strong team, a lot of people supporting me. But that's, again, the common thread throughout this episode is build a network of people around you to help you get to the next level in your business or life. So speaking of that network, you have probably met and connected with, I, I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of people in your work life, in your personal life. How has that shifted and changed over the last decade? And how are, in particular are you nurturing those relationships? So, all relationships, right? Everything about relationships. This is it, right? Like these people right here, I'm showing you from, uh, I don't get paid for them, but mixtiles.com if you ever get a chance and you're looking for some cool stuff to put in your studio if you, you own a business or whatnot. Um, they'll print your photo and send you these, these tiles for eight bucks. They're super cool and you can just put them up and pull them down. Mentorship, uh, hiring coaches, uh, my network changed. One phone call led to a completely different business. So, I mean, we, we had done, I probably have done $50 million since this one phone call. Um, and he literally said to me, you know, we built a really great relationship. And I, I just got my notification the other day that we were celebrating five years. And I said, thank you, because you helped me to get out from behind my desk. I had spent so many years kind of hoping someone or something would roll into my life. You got to go get it. You got to go after it. You, you, you can sit back all you want, but even a good hitter has to swing, you know, every once in a while. So go out, swing and have some fun. And uh, I'm so grateful for Kevin Cohen. He was the first guy to get me out behind my desk. He got me to see the opportunity at a conference um, along the way. I work with Sean Stevenson, uh, Vinny Fisher, um, people who have literally changed my life, uh, Joe Polish, um, people who help inspire me to better myself. And so I was wondering, how are you in between working with them? How are you staying in touch? I think that's a challenge for people. Now that we have social media, we think we're staying on top of these relationships by merely like, you know, liking something or writing happy birthday on their wall and all that stuff. Are you consciously working that? Is there a plan behind it? Are you more happenstance about how you stay in touch? I mean, sure. how do you nurture those relationships? Well, I have a four-step social media process that I pretty much live by. So I have a very simple process to kind of put something personal, something professional, something spiritual, and something family out into the workplace, right? And th those drive conversations, right? Because then you find the people who are like around who only like your family photos. They'll never like anything you do in business. And then because of technology, and I'm a, I'm a big Mac guy, so my iPhone, I'll FaceTime people. Like I literally, I'm like, I don't want to call you and just to say hi, like what we're doing right now. I want to see you. And so I'll like FaceTime you and he's like, this is the wrong time. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, just show me your face. Like, let's have a conversation because if I can see into your eyes, I can feel into your heart. And I literally like FaceTime everybody. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Uh, this is the wrong time. My phone's in my pocket. I'm like, hey, what's up, phone? And I'll literally just have the conversation. They have their earpiece in, but you know, they answered it, didn't realize it was FaceTime. And it's just, it may, has made for some really awkward conversations and it's made for some really incredible conversations. So how do I stay on top? It's a great question. I keep a small network. 
I don't want to have too, too many areas of my life. So on my phone, um, everything's broken into categories. So a family up front, right below that are my sponsors. Below that is my business partners. Um, and then my family, like my mom and my sister. And then below that is another network of people and they rotate. So I rotate people through on my phone. Like, hey, you know what? I haven't been networking so much with Blink. I'm going to put them into rotation. And it really means I just want to build a better relationship. You know, I was on the phone call today with a, a buddy of mine. And we talk like every couple of weeks, but man, we have great conversations. I have to rotate them in, rotate them out because I've built really strong, connected relationships. And I tell people, if you want to win in business, build personal relationships. If you want to just build a business and you don't really care about people and you just want to sell, 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 you don't have to talk to them. But I'll tell you, you'll find that if you want to win, build personal relationships first. And then if the opportunity's right and you vetted them and you like them, then maybe you could do business with them. Yeah, it sounds like you're really, I love this idea of having it all on your phone. You know, um, Susan Rowan is another guest uh, that I interviewed and she's, she wrote the book, uh, How to Work a Room about 20 some, 20 some odd years ago, like 25, 26 years ago. So she's been in this work for a long time. She calls it uh, making hay while the sun shines phone calls and hay stands for how are you? <laughs> so, and I've been practicing this, you know, if I have 15 minutes, if I'm out for a walk, you know, just pick somebody, call them. How are you? I love that you're doing like the FaceTime. I agree. I really love the face-to-face. I'm doing a lot more Skype calls with people. It's amazing technology. I actually love that uh, people don't realize this, but you can actually do video chat through Facebook. And the first time I will call or, or video chat through Facebook, people are surprised to get that call. They didn't know that was possible. And they answer it like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, technology is changing all around us. And we're constantly either uh, losing out or adapting, right? And I'm just uh, like teaching my mom how to use FaceTime. I remember getting her onto the iPhone now. Like, she's totally cool at it. Like, we'll, we'll FaceTime and she's like, oh, hey, how are you? And I'm like, good. And, you know, it's just, it makes for a little bit better connected relationship. The, the interesting part you said is the, the, the lady who worked the room, right? Like, my whole philosophy about life and business is lead with your heart, not your wallet. And if you do that, both will fill. If you lead with your wallet, it'll be empty and meaningless and you won't remember where it came from. You'll just be like, oh, I got paid. Everything that I do is about relationships. That's why I wanted to be on the show. That's why I love the topics. I love this whole conversation because authentic, transparent leadership is what I'm about. Helping people to become better is kind of my goal in life. And if I can help one person today, then I fulfilled my day. And that was a good one for me. And I'm happy I can put my head down at the end of the day on the pillow and, and go to sleep, right? And that's how I wake up and live this, this life every single day. I live a fulfilled life. And it is about money. You know, I had all the money in the world and I lost it all. And then along the journey, I, I found a way to make money, but I found a way to live a life. And that is to show up for it and not to wait for somebody else to do something for you, but to start living and doing and taking risks and taking chances and becoming that person that you always dreamed was possible. And uh, not a lot of people are on their suicide deathbed, right? As I was and getting a knock in the act, like literally in the moment. And when someone walks in and gives you a hug and wraps their arms around you and says to you, you know, your life has meaning and purpose, but what you're doing right now doesn't. That, that changed everything for me. And every day since then has been a blessing and I'm grateful. And uh, I know God that day sent me an angel. That's wonderful. I'm so glad they did. It sounds like you've been paying it forward ever since. Um, I don't, it's a hard 
to turn from that moment to a, a less poignant one, <laughs> but no, it's all right. So, so Tony, a moment ago, you were talking about how you met this contact and they changed your life. And you had $50 million of the business ever since. And you mentioned that there was something about conferences and that, that piqued my interest because uh, I have a book that is out about, called uh, Croissants versus Bagels, Strategic, Effective and Inclusive Networking at Conferences. And um, just to explain the title, it, when you're at a networking event, people stand in these tight little networking circles that are really hard to break into. That's the bagel. And if someone sort of opens up their body language and makes space for other people to join the conversation, that's the croissant we're looking for. And so I talk a lot about, you know, being strategic, planning, having this a purpose, knowing why you're in the room, you know, building relationships authentically. And conferences are expensive. They cost a lot of time and a lot of money. Is there something you do in preparation for them? So you're making sure that you're getting value out of these so opportunities to get away from your business and be with other people? Yeah, so I'm a listener. It may, it may not sound like it on the show, right? But I'm a listener. I'm always listening for an opportunity. The opportunity isn't to go make millions. It's an opportunity to see if I can add value to a certain situation, maybe by eavesdropping across the room or paying attention and seeing the language of the people that's being talked to and then going, hmm, perfect opportunity. Right. So if you're always observing, if you're an always observing mindset and you're always looking around and you're seeing opportunities, it's a lot easier to go and stick your hand out and say, hi, my name's Tony. I'm with a company called Ship Offers. Hey, what's your name? You catch people off guard a little bit because, you know, most of us think for a networking room. Just think, take yourself for a moment, anybody who's listening and think about how you are in a, in a room. Now, be real and be honest with yourself. You probably have your hand in your pocket. Your hands are probably sweaty. Uh, you probably feel a little awkward because you don't know anybody. So I say, if you can take your hand out and stick it out, then you can meet somebody. Instead of feeling like, oh, I wish they would come up to me. Once again, climb the mountain, get to the top, and then take the next step, which is you have to break through that mold. Uh, a team member the other day, she said she's shy. She's very timid. And I'm like, I'm really, really sorry. If you don't change that and you leave here, life's going to still be shy. So you have to change that, even though that you know about it. You have to do something different today. That's an excuse. I call that a blind spot. The moment someone tells me something like, I didn't see that. Cool, that's a blind spot. The next time you do it, it's a choice. So what are you choosing to be like today when you walk into a room? So going to a room, I always know what room technically I'm walking into. The type of people, um, the background, who the, maybe the main speaker is. I've always done my research prior to walking in. But also, I just know that my dad taught me this. Um, I've been around it long enough. Just stick your hand out and have fun. Laugh at yourself, make jokes about yourself, add so much value that they definitely want you to stick around. They want you to break more croissants. They want you to butter them more. They want you to like put jelly all over them. They, they literally want you to stay and be in their quarter. They're going to invite you to dinner. Yeah, don't be around the bunch of bagels, right? Those not, that's not fun. Like it's harder to break. Like <laughs> ha have fun. And, and, and stick your hand out. Like, I, I promise you, great things will happen. And that's exactly what happened when Kevin said to me, Tony, it's time to get out from behind the desk. It's time to get to a live event. I went to a live event. This is it. William Shatner was on stage. He was talking about the Brown Bag Wine Club. It was about something he was starting. It was his venture, uh, 2012, 2013, putting uh, a bottle of wine in a, uh, a brown bag, putting no one would know what was in it. And then, you know, having some friends over and they would talk about it and they would talk about the taste and the texture and whatever else people do who drink wine. I don't would talk about. And I said, if this old guy up on stage is having fun and making money, 
What he's really doing is just engaging with people. That was just his vehicle to engage. So what's my vehicle to engage? And I started thinking about, hmm, my vehicle is I'm outgoing, I'm happy, I love life and I love people. So why don't you go do that? And then watch the dynamics of a room shift and change. Like I can walk into a room and change the energy, not because I'm a jerk or my ego's too big. It's just because I see the opportunity in people. And I'm like, maybe you just need me to come and save you from that horrible conversation you're in. And then I'll leave you after that and you can go on your way. But that's how I build relationships is, is see the opportunity, lend and add value, rinse and repeat. It's so great. So many people walk into these, uh, these uh, kinds of events, not planning ahead, not paying attention, not being mindful. And then at the end of the weekend, they're like, I don't know if that was worth my time. And they don't go home and implement anything. And they just feel overwhelmed the entire weekend. I mean, this is sort of over and over again. And yet they go out to get another event. They collect a stack of business cards. Those business cards sit on their desk. I love that your opening line, because this is my favorite opening line too. It's just like, hi, my name's Tony. I'm with Ship Offers. Like, what's your name? And because that's, to me, I think people overthink it. You know, I, I say you have three seconds to like freak out about going over and talk to someone and then go do it. Because if, if it's more than three seconds, you're going to talk yourself out of it. And you got to so just true. go for it. You know, you just got to go for it. Can I ask you a question? I yeah. got to know this because we're talking about it. Do you have a business card by any chance? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. This is interesting. I, I got rid of business cards. So, and I'll tell you why. Tell me, tell me more why. It's a conversation piece. Look, you can't call my cell phone and leave me a voicemail. I don't check email. Change technology. Teach people to treat you the way you want to be treated. So when someone says, you don't have a business card, I'm like, no, see the name? It says ship offers. I'm just Tony at shipoffers.com. Create something that's dynamic enough for somebody to stop and remember you. Yeah. I'm still a proponent of business cards for a few reasons because I love technology. But I think it it's a physical reminder to go home and do something when you're meeting a lot of people. But you've got to still, you know, write notes, uh, turn the corner on them, do something to separate the few from the many. I think just going home with a stack is not, that's not helpful, but you know, nope. three and then ma- Evernote and Evernote, you can take a photo really quick. Just take a photo really quick. Just go. That's if the you, only thing. If you've got a good away. system, if you've got a good system, cause you can take pictures and not look at them. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, yeah. No. But man, I got to tell you, Robbie, you yeah. do an incredible job running a show and an operation. And so awesome just to hear you kind of do your thing. The reason I, I threw it back on you is because I'd love to know how people do their life, right? Like you've been asking me questions about my life, right? And so it's cool that you like, you have a system too, right? And so each person who's listening has a system. And I what hope you so. really have to do is I think find <laughs> your system, your personal system. Like you can, so you mentioned like people go to events and they hear a lot of things and then they don't implement. And we talked about the one thing for me is changing my health and that changed everything, right? If I can change my behaviors, I can change the course of my life. So like, what's that one thing that you can make today by listening to this episode, listening to more of Robbie and, and, and understanding that like, it's just one thing you have to do. You don't have to change everything, but that one thing needs to change everything, right? So you do have to change everything. And uh, by changing kind of how I showed up in the world, everything changed for me. And so I just today run my life completely different than I did eight years ago. Now I had business cards. I was, oh, look at me. Like, here's my, here's my big business card. I'm like, my staff says, do you want a business card? I'm like, no, I don't want a business card. Do you want a business card? I'm like, no. Like, why do you want it? Like, take a photo. That's my stream, right? Just take a photo, friend you on Facebook, add you on Twitter. I'll get reminded. And I'm like, that's how I roll. And, and that's all I want to do is I want to keep life super simple. Yeah. If I can keep it simple, then I can win today. Well, what I love is that if you don't have the card, you can't approach people selling. 
people lead with their business card as if that's their purpose is to like just I, I actually did an episode a little while back called stop spraying and praying <laughs> like just you know it's not helpful it's not working good sales are not about that so I, I want to ask you a couple more questions because I really appreciate your time this has been a fantastic conversation if you had the opportunity to talk to your younger self at maybe when you were like 25 years old what's the one thing you'd encourage yourself to do to build a strong and supportive professional network? 25. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to go back uh, 19 years and I'm going to be talking to myself. And what I think the one thing that I would say to build a professional network is uh, first off, don't play basketball because that killed my knees and that led me into all the stupid drugs that I did. Right. And that took me out from my network. So I think being authentic, being transparent, being full of integrity um, people don't buy from you. They buy you. And if I could go back I mean, at 25, we were, I was on my way to being a millionaire. I remember that like, cause then I lost it all. Who doesn't remember that? Um, so, uh, just being real with people, like just being real. And I think so many times we, you said it just a second ago, we're always trying to sell, just share, man, share like what you're passionate about. And if it lines up with somebody's like, ideas and plans and they buy into that and that works out fantastic but that's the one thing right is just share value share like what you can do for somebody share 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 but add value in everything you do and watch how it comes back it's like a boomerang of positivity you throw it out in the universe you get it back you throw out a bunch of negativity on a boomerang and it hits you in the back of your head and you're like ow what happened and it's because you weren't being real and so just be real and share and add value i wonder though tony would you have listened to yourself 20 at 25 yeah because i i was look at 25 years old i just uh my wife and I were just about to expect our, our first kid. Right. And he was just coming into this world and we were just getting ready. And, uh, I just literally found out that, uh, she was pregnant. So at 25, I was already becoming that adult. And right. We, we quickly got married and, uh, that's like, it's so weird that you're asking me this question because now I'm thinking about my son. He wouldn't listen to me even today. So like, would I have listened to myself, you know, 19 years ago? Yeah, I think I would have had to pay attention because at least I knew that he had some truth to tell me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, I would, I'd be awakening to that opportunity. I think this is the hard part that people aren't changing until they're ready to do it themselves. But, you know, they can get a lot of guideposts along the way. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so if we have the opportunity to, to speak again in, in a year and you're telling me what an amazing year it's been, what are some of the accomplishments that we'd be celebrating? Personal or professional? I guess you only want the professional, right? No, I want to hear all of it. It's all important to me. So I'm actually doing it. So I'll be heading back to Europe uh, with my wife and kids in just about two and a half weeks. Um, I am in the midst of trying to find a piece of property to purchase along the Amalfi Coast. So by then, I have now hired a real estate um, attorney and we are passionately working on securing our piece of property because in 2019, we'll be empty nesters. So it's all part of the plan and the vision. Um, Our business will be doing 100,000 shipments a week and we will have broken into the top 250 of the Inc. 5000. Um, But more than that... um, my relationships are going to be better. I'm going to be constantly working on personal development, attending the right events, not all of the events. 
And I think at the end of the day, I'm going to watch a whole bunch of employees move on and be happy and really kind of like thrive in their life. And that's going to bring me great joy because I knew that I got a new class of people coming on board and they're going to need help and, and I get to come and inspire. And so if I look out, I think I'm holding a mirror because I'm looking at the person that I want to be today. I'd love to be in a year. I'd love to be able to keep coaching and helping and teaching and sharing and showing up the way I show up today because I'm proud of the person I am today. And I wasn't so much nine years ago. Tony, I, I really look forward to checking in with you and hearing all about this when it actually has happened because it sounds like a really amazing year. Yeah, I can't wait. How can people find you or follow your work? Well, there's a couple good ways. Uh, one, if you just want to check out what our main company is all about, shipoffers.com is your best resource for that. And if you happen to want to drop me an email, just Tony at shipoffers.com and I will do my best to get back to you. Um, my podcast show is tonygshow.com and info at uh, TonyGshow.com will get you a, an email into my inbox. And I do answer those because those for something happens magically when people actually take time to re, to listen to a podcast, right? And they take time to write you specifics. And uh, that's that's those are the best tools to get a hold of me. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Tony. Hey, I got to say thanks once more. You did an awesome job. It's not easy to tame the beast and you did a great job today. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Tony Grebmeyer. Such a pleasure to speak with him and learn about his leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. One of the things stood out for me was how much money, time, and effort Tony has invested in his own growth, and he knows he won't be able to help others until he's done his own work first. While we can't all spend a little over $100,000 a year in personal development and coaches, we can make conscious decisions to seek opportunities will help us shift our attitude. Tony says he went from a diseased mindset to an empowered mindset. That didn't happen overnight, but he strives to be better each year than the previous year. Are you investing in yourself? Surround yourself with positive people who help lift you up instead of breaking you down. Join a mastermind group or find an accountability partner. If you're struggling with addiction, find a home in a 12-step program and learn to take it one day at a time. It's important that you know who you can count on. Tony has a very clear sense of this and makes a conscious effort to stay in touch with a small but powerful network. He says, if you want to win in business, build personal relationships. And I totally agree. Maybe you can adopt his strategy of organizing groups of people in your phone. What would your groups be? Tony has his family, his sponsors, business partners, and a rotating group of contacts he wants to make sure he connects with. Who would be in your groups? Who are the five or six people in your network you want to purposefully stay in touch with in the next month or two? When you put this all together, it's not actually about a month or two from now, but where you want to be in a year or 10 years. Remember what Tony's mom said, your life won't look anything like it does today. And in 10 years, I promise you will have created something way different. Take some time to create a clear vision of where you want to be 10 years from now. For me, that definitely includes having a business that generates the income I need to care for my family while leaving me lots of time to spend with my kids. It's hard to believe, but in 10 years, I'll have an 11 and a half year old and a nine and a half year old. <laughs> wow. Speaking of my business, is networking an important but your least favorite part of your job? My coaching clients felt the same way. Through a combination of technical tips, accountability, 
and a bit of inspiration, I help leaders stop wasting time networking and start building great relationships. This fall, I'm launching a beta version of a group coaching program. This is a virtual program, so if this sounds like something you'd want to be part of, we should set up a time to chat and see if it would be a good fit for you. Email Robbie at RobbieSamuels.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-E at R-O-B-B-I-E-S-A-M-U-E-L-S.com. Do you host a conference or convention and want your attendees to feel that your event was incredibly valuable because of all the connections they made? I work with associations and companies to design events that increase engagement and create a welcoming culture for all attendees, especially your first-time attendees. Do you know someone who might be interested? I would welcome the introduction. As a busy solopreneur and work-at-home parent with a toddler, soon to be two, I am juggling a lot of responsibilities. And that's why I use Contactually, a robust CRM that's perfect for managing my professional network. I use it to help me manage my most important relationships and the ones I hope will become significant. As an affiliate for Contactually, they're offering my listeners a free trial. Let me know if you sign up for the free trial and I'll help you get set up for success. Visit contactually.com slash invite slash muse for more details. That's contactually, C-O-N-T-A-C-T-U-A-L-L-Y dot com slash invite slash muse, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. For your convenience, I'll have the link to the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 52. And just wanted to remind you that you are encouraged to join my launch team by visiting robbysamuels.com slash launch team. You'll receive an advanced copy of Croissants versus Bagels, Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking and Conferences. And you'll be notified when it'll be available for free on Kindle. All I ask in return is your help spreading the word. And if you feel the book was valuable, that you write a review on Amazon. If you want to discover other business podcasts, check out C-Suite Radio at c-suiteradio.com, where you'll find On the Schmooze in good company with other C-Suite Radio headliners. Before I go, I want to sincerely thank all of you who've already subscribed and left a rating review in iTunes. By subscribing and leaving a rating review in iTunes, you're helping this podcast get discovered by more listeners. Will you subscribe and leave an honest rating and review? Include your Twitter handle in your review so I can give you a shout out. It's easy to find our iTunes page at iTunes. .ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance, and I look forward to connecting again next week when I'll be interviewing another talent professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and how they built a strong professional network on their way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.